Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, going to be your host for this episode of Track World News. Presented by The Harrier. And today we have a very special guest joining the podcast. It's a current NCAA leader in the men's pole vault with a personal best of 5.81 meters. Uh, he was a member of Team USA at the World Championships at Doha, uh, has multiple-time All-American uh, in the pole vault as well, uh, and also a renowned YouTuber uh, on the rise. Uh, Zach Bradford, Zach, thanks for, uh, for joining us today, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. So uh, yeah, w- wanted to, to get started for you um, with where – pole vaulting kind of began um what was it that drew you to deciding to you know put a stick in the ground and flying all up in the air uh you know what now around 18 feet what made you want to you know get that started in the first place yeah so what started for me was so my father did it in high school and then I have an older brother that he also did it through junior high and high school so I went to some of his practices and you know just little me running around the pole facility just wondering what was going on one day decided you know what I think I'm just gonna pick up one of these poles and try it out myself so I guess you could say it's kind of a a legacy in the family and my dad's did it my brothers did it and then I picked it up in fifth grade so I've been doing it for about 10 years now which seems like a blur seems like just yesterday I started picking up poles awesome yeah I I know um what was it Mondo or in a couple interviews before said the when asked like what was the the most impressive or the, the his favorite record that he broke it wasn't like you know world record but it was the family record and being the you know being number one in the family I mean what was so do you know what that mark was for you know what the the personal best was so you were officially the best Bradford uh vaulter uh around it started out my dad jumped I think it was 14 three 14 six in high school so that was the mark to beat and then my brother set our high school record at 15 three his senior year so that was like the record to beat. And I didn't think I was going to do it that early. And then my sophomore year is when I broke that record, finally taking the throne as being the best Bradford Bolter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, gotta be, uh, gotta be pretty great to now be the, the head of the household there. I mean, um, for you, yeah, you started, I mean, jumping 15, 15 feet as a sophomore, pretty, pretty impressive. Not a lot of people uh, get to reach that. I mean, that's what I was jumping my sophomore year in college. So got to, got to see you, you've been, you progressed pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, when was it that the sport changed from, Hey, this is something that's fun to do. You know, I'm following in my, my dad and brother's footsteps to, Oh, like I'm actually pretty good at this thing. And, you know, you might want to take it to the next level there. Um, I I wouldn't say like the next level part came pretty early, but knowing that this sport was for me came pretty early and it was really the sixth grade actually was when I went to the state meet competed against seventh graders. It was our state meet in Illinois. It's like the sixth and seventh graders compete together and ended up finishing second at the state meet. And I was thinking like me as a sixth grader, there's no way I should be competing against these seventh graders. And then winning that state meet seventh and eighth grade, those were kind of the years that I thought maybe I should start doing this as like real serious. Cause I also did baseball at the time and in junior high, they are different seasons, but I realized in high school, baseball and track are the exact same seasons. So I kind of had to decide which sport I wanted to do. And knowing that I was more successful in pole vault, that's when I started realizing this is something I want to seriously get into. 
Yeah. Was, was that a, a difficult decision for you to make the decision to stop playing baseball? I know I was originally uh, a baseball player and similar experience realized, hey, this baseball route. Yeah, I love I love it, but might not be, you know, didn't didn't end up working out for me. Um, still love it to this day. Um, I, I still think I was like, oh, I'd, I'd be a better, better baseball player when in reality, it's probably not true. Uh, how was it? How was that decision making process for you? Was it hard to drop it or was it something it's like, hey, this is just my next next thing I'm doing? Uh, it was pretty easy to drop it. Uh, sixth grade, I didn't really play all that much. Like playing up in the seventh and eighth grade, I kind of rode the bench the sixth grade year. <laughs> so it's kind of easy to realize that I'm winning championships in pole vault and sitting on the bench in baseball. Let's just drop this whole baseball thing. Yeah, it might be might be easy to, to focus on something, uh, something around there. Then um, obviously now you're you're over in, in Kansas competing, you know, pretty at a pretty high level. Uh, what, what went into your decision to, you know, go over to the to uh, to Kansas? Obviously, it has a, a very renowned uh, pole vaulting program. Um, some great some great athletes have came there. What made you decide, you know, this is where you wanted to, to spend the next uh, four years or so? It was kind of a weird, tricky story. I, Kansas actually wasn't one of my top schools at all going into the recruiting process. Um, I didn't even want to take an official visit here. Uh, we had that, I think it was AAU or USATF championship was here in my junior, senior year. And I kind of took an unofficial visit at that, that time with the coach, walked around the campus for probably two hours and kind of realized that maybe I should take an official visit here. So my official visits were Kansas first, then Kentucky, then Oregon. Those are the three visits I took. Kentucky was my number one with the coach. Toby Stevenson was there at the time. So he was my number one. And then, but after the visit at Kansas, it kind of all just hit me. Like I hit a wall. Like I, this is where I want to be the academic side, just the campus, the coach, the team, the chemistry they all have is where I think I would see myself succeed the most. And I'm glad I chose it. Yeah. I mean, now it's, it's really showing you've got some extraordinarily successful uh, teammates and I'm, I'm sure that it's, a, you know, pretty competitive. I mean, so for those that don't know, uh, what was it? Probably a week or so ago, the USTCCCA, whatever it is, the, the governing, the collegiate body of United States track and field uh, came out with their rankings of all the events and where each school is. And Kansas was number one for, for pole vault. You guys have four guys in the, in the top 24. I mean, what's the, what's the practice like this year with having some of the best for the best vaulters in the nation, all competing on the same runway? It's, it's insane. Honestly, like we, we compete in everything, even if it's not vaulting, like we created, I think Hussein Al-Hazan, he created a thing like every Friday we do a little challenge if it was like broad jump or handstand walks or pull-ups or anything we would just compete and I think that's what made us the number one vault squad in the nation is we compete in everything on and off the runway so whether it's vaulting high bars or doing as many pull-ups as we can we are just a very competitive group and I really strive with that yeah uh it's pretty crazy like looking at the the numbers I think but to have those, you know, have that many people all, all in one team, uh, all competing at, at such a high level is, you know, is, is pretty great. I mean, so what, so for you, what's, what are the, what are the meets like then? Uh, is it, you know, knowing that you have most of the time four people qualifying instead of, you know, some schools might only have, you know, one or two, you have a, you're bringing pretty much your whole team 
out with you guys. Um, is it reassuring knowing that you got a couple training buddies with you vaulting, or is it kind of like you know you're focused in doing your own thing there? Uh, it is. It is nice having the squad at meets because you know usually people go to meets and they're like looking like trying to figure out what teams are going to be there, what vaulters are going to be there for a good competition. But pretty much wherever we go, we're always going to have a competition with us three, and it's like a comfortable competition because I compete with these guys every day on a daily basis. But like at the meets, we all do our own thing. We're all focused on each other. It's really us against the bar and us against each other. And that's what pushes us to reach these higher heights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so looking back for, for me, like I'm trying to think of some of the, like the difficulties that I had, like vaulting or I guess areas of focus, I guess you could say for, for your jumps and something that didn't go, or I wasn't, wasn't a huge area of focus for me until late, which was kind of you know upsetting was the, uh, the, the mental aspect of, of pole vaulting that um, I've heard it's, you know, probably heard the saying what eight pole vaulting is 80% uh, mental and then the rest is in your head. Like it's, it's a, it's a very mental game. Like how have you over the course of your, what, 10 year career already um, honed in on not only the physical aspect of pole vaulting, but also the mental part that you need to, you know, have going, uh, going as well. You know, it is very tough. There are a lot of times where I've hit walls of just like the times of running through a practice nonstop and not feeling like vaulting certain days. But it's kind of gotten to the point where like going up bigger poles or hitting this right mark or hitting the cues correctly, like you have to do those things to reach those newer heights. So I think the biggest, the biggest mental block for me was going up to bigger poles. I would always like freak out like something bad could happen, one small miscue and I'm off the pit but it's kind of gotten to the point where I just have to be myself, just hit the pole. Right. And once I go up a pole, like it's opening a new door to reach these higher heights. So the mindset is very challenging, but over the 10 years, I've kind of overcome it and found what works for me and what doesn't. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was actually funny. The same, same type of thing for me was going up in big poles. Like I was like, Oh man, if I go up, you know, a little bit in flex, like 0.2 in flex or, or five pounds, what, at whatever age, you know, Ruba was, I'm like, oh, I'm going to just, I'm going to die. I'm going to get pushed back. I'm not going to make it. I was like, no, you're, you're blowing through on, you know, this 15, 170, you're going to be fine on the 175. Like, don't, don't worry about it. But for some reason, my mind's telling me, nope, just, it's a little bit thicker. There's no shot. It works out. So yeah, sim similar type of thing that, that you had. Um, so one thing that was was interesting um, that that you had competed in was, or I guess that might have had a mental aspect to it, was the fact that you're actually the youngest guy able to go to the the world championships. Was that that was 2019, right in Doha? 2019, yeah. Yeah, 2019. What were what was that like? I mean, you're you're surrounded by athletes that I'm sure you were probably watching on on TV, just you know. Uh, a year or two before and now it's like oh I'm, I'm competing against them what was that experience like what was it nerve-wracking at all going up uh, you know on those bars what was what was that experience you know in, in 2019 for you I mean it was very nerve-wracking knowing I was the youngest one there but for me it was more of just for that me just take it as an experience and just see how these athletes I would watch on tv how they go about their meet like preparation, pre-meet and jump and all that. And I mean, one, the only thing, the one thing I realized about that meet is all these athletes off the track, they're just all normal, goofy people. Like they're just, they have their own personalities, which I think is kind of cool. 
that like they're insane on the track like they they can all flip a switch and be who they are on the track but off the track they're all just different goofy personality people and that really kind of helped knowing that I can be in the hotel or in the track lounge and hang out with these people and just talk to them one-on-one -on -one and just be relaxed it kind of helped me with my nerves and just they really relaxed me at that meet yeah and what were some of your your favorite parts um other than the competition side because i'm sure obviously it's pretty cool when you look around and you see all these people uh what, what were some of your favorite things off the track maybe that people might not have seen you competing wise that were, were some of your favorite your favorite parts or, or the coolest aspects you know of that trip that you had there uh, i think the coolest aspects was one walking around the city of doha um that was really cool just having a different perspective of that place and walking around but another thing was just the hotel just usually hotels you walk around you don't know a single face there you're just walking around keeping it to yourself but this was a hotel filled with the best athletes in the world and with team usa they have their own little like track lounge so i was playing madden i was playing mortal Kombat, i was playing ping pong we were playing super smash like we were just playing games with the greatest athletes on the track and i think that was the coolest experience was even though I can't beat some of them on the track, I know I can beat some of them in video games and ping pong, which is pretty <laughs> Like, yeah, you might, you might beat me, uh, you know, today, tomorrow in our competition, but after that we're playing, you know, we're playing ping pong and I'm, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to swipe, sweep you in that. I mean, who are, uh, something that, that I've always loved about the, the track track world and I guess pole vaulting community in, in general is that everyone's super, super close. Like, I mean, uh, something that was pretty cool. I, I saw, I mean, I saw you, you had reposted obviously, uh, we had former Baylor Casey Lightfoot announce he was going pro. You say, you know, congratulations on that. I mean, with the within the pole vaulting community, like who are some of the people that you're you're closest with um, off your team? Because obviously you're you're probably pretty close to the people you compete with. But yeah, who are some of those guys that you know you like to see whenever you're you're going out in competitions? I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, the community pole vault. I've been with these guys since high school, and I've grown up with them. Yeah, Casey Lightfoot, I've competed with him since probably sophomore year of high school. We went to Doha. We were roommates there. So, I mean, he's done really great. Competing with him is very tough, but it is also fun seeing him at meets. Uh, Clayton Fritch, he is at Sam Houston State. We went to Mexico together, so we got very close there. As well as Cole Riddle, Arizona State. He went to Finland with U20 championships. So, I mean, but there's so many people in the pole community. It's just insane. Like, it's not like any other event or sport. Like, we all talk to each other. We all love to see each other at meets. And it's it's gotten to the point where it's like, it's not me competing against these guys. It may look like that on paper, but it's really just me against the bar. And that's what I really like about the community in pole vault. Yeah, it's uh, something that was really really cool with that uh, i think does an awesome example of it is what uh sam kendrick's like whatever whenever somebody else like he's the number one cheerleader i feel like in pole vault you'll see somebody like clear like a huge pr and he's he's the he's more excited it seems like than, than other than other people like you said a p you said a personal best and he, he knows it just jumping up and down it's like that's what it's all about you got people that you know it has nothing to do with your your best he might not even be in the competition yet but to see you know the all the support is you know it's, it's pretty cool uh, it's awesome to see um something that you've done recently which is which is pretty cool is the you started up a, a vlog uh on on pole vaulting and following your journey uh here at at kansas could you kind of touch on what made you want to you know cover your your story and and follow you know what's going on within practice training traveling all that type of stuff 
Uh, it's kind of something I've wanted to do since last year is when I bought the camera. I bought the camera uh, last February, actually. And I was going to do just like travel vlogs with the team like I'm doing now. But and then when COVID hit, that kind of stopped all traveling. I just had the camera sitting there collecting dust. And then it was just a random time this year. I've just been at times like I'd go to practice. School would be done with homework and I would just sit in my room. They were playing video games or just hanging out. And I thought I could use this time to really use this camera, edit the videos and kind of show people what I do on a daily basis or what goes on in practice. You know, not show them too much of what I do to give out that much information, but kind of just have some fun with it and just kind of just keeps me busy, really. That's what I really wanted to do with it. What would what would you say for for like an outsider looking in would be one of the most like surprising things that people might not know goes on in your life as a, you know, a, a division one pole vaulter. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people, I guess, have the idea of what, you know, a student athlete might do anything that you're like, Oh yeah, surprisingly, like we do this a lot or we do, we don't do that a ton. Anything that you realize like might, might take people, take people off uh, based off of like, you know, what your regular day to day kind of looks like. I guess one thing could be as surprisingly for me is a lot of things I do or I just don't do is just kind of chill, just relax. Cause there's a lot of times where I am busy crammed with like school in the morning, then practice. But it's like, I go to school in the morning, then I go to practice, I get treatment, I get food. And then the last like four to five hours of my night, I just want to relax. It's very tiring, very exhausting. And now with the with the YouTube channel, I also have to, I record some videos, I edit those videos, and that's kind of my downtime is just editing those videos. So I guess a lot of people say like time management is huge. I have learned over the three years of being in college how to work with time managed. So I have these hours to relax and rest. So there are definitely is a lot of free time being a student athlete, which I feel like a lot of people say that you're crammed with everything being a student athlete. You're nonstop every hour, but there actually is a lot of time to have your own social life and relax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of my, well, your most recent video as of recording this, at least um, taking a look at that, it was uh, the title uh, caught me off guard, but then I guess when you actually go into it, it makes uh, it made a little bit more sense, but it was waxing. You decided to wax your legs. Um, first one, how'd that go? And second, you think it's going to help you PR at all uh, having less wind resistance. <laughs> One, it was a fun but terrible experience because <laughs> half of it was because like our trainers said like the cupping wasn't sticking to our legs because they were too hairy. So we jokingly said, oh, we'll just wax and we'll get the hair off. And then my friend was like, well, you have a vlog, you have a YouTube channel. We could video this and make a video of waxing our legs. So I was like, all right, I guess we could do it. And we ended up, as you watched in the video, we ended up waxing our legs. No clickbait there. We actually waxed our legs. And then people say that it definitely worked because that we waxed at the meet before Mizzou, and that Mizzou is where I jumped 581. So there I you guess go. That it works. You might have to do it every week now. I mean, it might that might be what it is. Like right before nationals, just get a you know go get the waxing supplies again. Run, do it one more time. You never know. Yeah. And. Speaking of that, um, yeah, at Mizzou, broke your own, uh, what, personal best first time in, what, 421 days So that, that you did, uh, jump 581. What was that like? Uh, what was the relief, I guess, of finally, you know, getting back over that hump and being like, okay, I've now 
broken that record. I'm I'm, I'm continuing to to improve. What was the just bring us through that meet, um, you know, at Mizzou and, and the competition there? Uh, yeah, that was it was a huge relief. Um, one, it was weird being in the outdoor season and because of the Midwest weather, huge rainstorms. We had to move it indoors, and I, it, it was weird because it was the week before I like looked up when the last time I PR'd was and counted or looked up how many days ago that was. And I was like, that is a very long time of going without a PR because I'm used to in a junior high and high school, I PR every year. Like it seemed like, and this is probably the longest I've gone without PRing. So, I mean, that meet I was on, I brought new, the new poles. I got on the new poles, brought bigger poles. The runway was fast. It was speedy. The atmosphere was just right. And I mean, the real, like, it was just a huge weight going off my shoulders once I cleared that bar. It just, it felt like it's been so long and it felt like all the hard work I've done throughout being at home through COVID and training in the winter and having a very potential indoor season where I could have gone higher and finally reaching that PR is just a huge relief. Yeah. What is, what does that mean for you um, from a motivational standpoint or with now that you have what about you probably have what one or you have what two two more two or three more meets until uh nationals uh depending on how you know what do you have what about two or three is that about right uh, like two or three before and then conference regionals and nationals yeah okay yeah so you have a few more meets uh you know with uh you know until nationals how does this you know how does this go with now finally hitting that mark and being able to, you know, take that motivation moving forward and, and rally it into, you know, some bigger bars, uh, you know, down the line here. Uh, I would kind of just, just got to keep it like, keep doing what I've been doing and trust, trust in the process of everything. Cause I've been doing this past year. I've just been working hard, grinding every day, just trying to fix myself. And now that I'm finally over that hump of hitting that PR mark, now it's just, not getting too far ahead of myself and just staying calm and working out every day and fixing the little things to just keep that motivation going and reaching the higher heights, hopefully in the future. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, when you took a look at your, at the video, I'm sure you're like, Oh, great jump, but uh, I could have done this a, a little bit better. I know you're, we're, you're yourself's biggest critic. Like what were some things that, you know, looking at your jump, you're like, Hey, I, I have some areas of improvement here where if I can, you know, lock in here or, or do this a little bit better, we can, we can jump a little bit higher. Yeah. That vault, even though it's, I guess my best vault is there's a lot of critique to it. Um, my left plantar arm has not been as strong as usually it kind of, it's been bending a little bit. I've been relaxed with it. Um, if you watch that video, you can see at the top end of the vault, I kind of just let go of the pole. I kind of just flag off over the bar. Like I did enough to make that bar is what it looked like in that vault to me is if I actually finished the entire jump, I could have not touched the bar and cleared it by a little bit more. So I guess going forward, looking at that video and looking back at past videos, I just kind of have to focus on working more on my plant and just finishing jumps in the future. Yeah, it's, uh, for me, that was a, a similar, similar issue. Where I just got, I got, I got super lazy at the, at the top of my jump. It's like, oh, I'm over. All right. We're, we're just going to like relax until we hit the ground. Like that's the fun part. The, the falling part is fun. The, the getting up there is what kind of sucks. And it's like, well, dang, I'm, I'm leaving three, four inches, you know, that I could be going up because I'm, you know, decided that my, my jumps over when in reality, it's only, you know, only halfway done. So um, yeah, same, same type of mindset, you know, going forward there. Uh, what, what are some, 
some goals that you you have for yourself uh, moving forward? Um, obviously, this is a pretty big year. Um, you know, Olympic year. Uh, we have obviously you know nationals coming up. What what are some things that you have you know looking you're looking forward to with uh, these competitions? Um, pretty big ones coming up the rest of the summer. Yeah, looking forward. I'm hoping to be consistent at that 580 height. That's kind of the bigger goal of mine. Is just if I'm consistent at that height, I know that a higher height will come soon. Um, some like really the big goals are breaking that NCAA outdoor record, which is six meters by Mondo. It's a very tough goal to have, but I still have it, and I think that it's definitely not out of reach. Um, with NCAA's, the outdoor meet is at the Oregon track and is one of the best looking tracks out there. So I'm excited to compete there. Um, winning that title would be, would be, it's another huge goal of mine. But one of the biggest things we're looking at, like you said, it's a big season this year with the Olympics. Um, at that trial meet is placing in that top three to make that team is probably the biggest goal of the season that we have. What are some things uh, mentally or physically that you're going to have to, that you're looking at working on and, and critiquing or, or perfecting in order to be in that top three? Because obviously what you have, Sam Kendricks, uh, you have Casey that, that just vaulted and um, a lot of other, uh, Nielsen, a whole bunch of other plethora of great, great vaulters as well. What are some things uh, that you're going to have to work on or, or that you're, you're looking at improving uh, so that you are in that top three? Because there's not a lot of areas of, uh, which not, not a lot of room for error, uh, especially at the trials, because you, be you have to be competing your best at this exact meet in order to, to be there in, in just the top three. Like, what are some things that you're like, you know, let's make sure we can lock in on these, you know, before you know, we have these big meets coming up in, in June. I think, yeah, some of the things I got to lock in is one, being consistent, because if I'm consistent throughout the year, I don't have to worry about being perfect at the trials. I can just keep doing what I've been doing and keeping that consistent height and just compete when I get there to compete. Um, another thing like physically I have to do is increase my grip height. Like I'm, a lot of people joke about it, but if you see the videos, I'm gripping down on my poles, probably a good six inches and you'll see you'll see on every video you can see there's a lot of tip off the top of my hand and raising that grip is definitely going to be a challenge for me mentally and that's something i have to overcome in these next couple of weeks and these meets to prepare for higher heights and get on those longer poles and i think that's what's going to help me compete and become one of the top three of the trials Awesome. Yeah, I know I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing how that meet goes and, and the rest of these meets here. It's uh, extremely competitive. Uh, I'm sure nationals will be as well. I mean, you have a, a former national champion on your team, so I'm sure it's definitely not going to go down without a fight. It's not going to be any walk in the park this outdoor season. But uh, Zach, thank you for, for taking the time uh, to do this. Really appreciate it. Awesome hearing about you know some of the stuff you had going on uh, in your world. But um where could people go if they wanted to, you know, see your your vlog channel or just learn uh, more about you and, and stuff that's going on in your world? So the vlog channel is just Bradford Official on YouTube, uh, Instagram. It's Bradford PV. That's where I post most of my videos of vaulting, and that's really where you'll see most of it. But those are pretty much the two main places to see my journey and what I do on a daily basis here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Zach, uh, for taking the time. Really do appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. Uh, if you would like more content, you can follow us on Instagram at Track World News. Uh, we post uh, content over there. Uh, also, make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, follow, uh, share with a friend. Really helps us know that you're enjoying everything that's going on. Have a good one and peace.